Formula One 2020 season is just over a week away, right, guy? I know you're a stickler for exact numbers. Eight days. As we record this, eight days away from the 2020 Formula One season. I can't wait. How about yourself? Obviously. I can't wait either. I'm losing my mind. Yeah. Well, let's get into it, B. Let's get revved up. Come on, get that McLaren out of the way. <laughs> that one's a sneaky, funny one. The problem is it's early on in our intro, so it kind of gets washed out by the hilarity after it. Right. But it's really funny. This is Purple Sector, Helmut and Rye Guy, in studio, on the hot mics here. Rye Guy, how are you doing? I'm good. We're so close. Every day I'm getting better, right? We're just over a week away. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome, man. By the way, more people have signed up for our fantasy league, which is good. It's yeah. up to almost 20 people now. Yeah, so if you haven't already, you've got, as we record this, you've got uh, basically a week to get in. Yeah. So fantasy.formula1.com, you create your own entry, and then you use our code, which you can find on at Purple Sector Pod, both a pinned tweet on our Twitter and in our stories on our Instagram. Once you create your team, then you can join leagues with a code, so then you'll join the Purple Sector Fantasy League and compete Ryan, for a Purple Sector prize pack yep. for the winner. Yep. So let's do it. I'm stoked. So I got a question for you. Fire away. July 3rd is obviously when the cars will be back on track with free practice one. Yeah, whenever we're doing our countdown right now or on social media, we've been posting countdowns. Yeah. It's based off when they're going to be on track for that free practice. Right. So my question to you is, um, I'm looking at the schedule here, Friday, July 3rd, Eastern Time U.S., they will be on track at 5 a.m. Will you be waking up to catch that? Friday at 5 a? 5 a.m. on Friday. I uh, probably will not because you can wake up and just <laughs> watch the the archive save version of it. Well, the practice two is going to be on at 9, so... Yeah, maybe, maybe I'll... I mean, I usually wake up... I'll be up. ...in between 5 and 9. I'll so be up. So I'll wake up and I'll fire up the practice one and i'll roll that right into practice too at least have it in the background like we talked about before yeah a lot of it is just to hear you know the commentary because you're not going to see that much exciting stuff on track other than the reveal of the williams livery the second livery of 2020 that we're getting from them right and uh dude this is back-to-back years where we've had a tweak livery. Haas had rich energy that they tweaked. <laughs> and then last year, where they dumped rich energy, they didn't change anything, but obviously got rid of rich energy, scrubbed that from the livery. And then this year, we're going to get a complete redesign, we would assume, from Williams. Yeah, I'm expecting it to be fairly basic, though. Do you think they're going to be coming in with another sponsor, or it's no, just going to no, basically no, no. be Williams? I don't think anyone would want to throw money at Williams in this in this stage of the pandemic and global recession <laughs> yeah i mean i could i could see it if they got you know they're obviously openly shopping 
the team or at least a stake <laughs> in the team. So I would imagine if someone came in who brought a sponsorship and purchased some of it or all of it, then you would see a title sponsor maybe. But Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to bother with that, especially with a shortened season and Yeah. you know. So we're going to get new fire suits for Latifi and George Russell as well, which will be fun to see cuz it'll Is just that be Is that confirmed? Or you're just well, they're, they're, they had Rocket on them before, and I'm assuming they're going to drop that color scheme because Williams' It'll color be scheme yeah. is basically just like blue and white, right? Right. Like navy-ish and white. So it's everything's just going to be navy white with that big W. Right. Well, back to my original question. I will be up at 5 a.m. Oh, I'll set my alarm then. I'll join I've got you. It, I've got an infant in the house, so I don't need an excuse to be up at 5 a.m. Yeah, you have a, a free practice alarm. You've been training for free yeah. practice for months now. Yep. I'm ready. I'm freaking ready to yeah. watch F1. Well, then you lay down the gauntlet. I will wake up as well because this is could be one of the wildest seasons we'll ever see with this shortened calendar, this speculation, and we're not sure what other potential tracks could even be yeah. on the calendar because it could just be these eight. I'm expecting. So when the light goes green for the first practice session, I'm expecting them to all pour out on track because it's like, it's just a continuation of testing. How lame would it be if the light goes green and it's about 15, 20 minutes I, before be you so see the first car roll out of the garage? I'll be so salty. If that, <laughs> that, and that typically is the case. Well, no, typically the worst team goes yeah, out. Yeah, like right Williams away. goes out and cranks out some time. Yeah, and then, so fucking Williams will be out probably. Maybe Haas. But yeah, you're gonna. everyone's going to want to get out there because you know sometimes one of the two drivers for a team might not put in that much time i think everyone's gonna want to be getting this data this yeah. is like free testing now I f exactly i just feel like regardless of testing for the car's sake these guys have been out they've been out of race cars for so long yes yeah, i think a hundred days they need to get the actual time. testing yeah the winter testing was like a hundred days ago yeah and we've touched on crazy yeah we touched on the previous episode and we have some articles to get into today about all the teams now are getting out there and testing older cars or different series cars. It's, it's funny, too, because in testing, they, they do a, a shitload of time at once in the seat. They log hundreds of kilometers a day, right? And then that just stopped abruptly for three, four months. Yeah. That, I, I'd imagine they're all going to maximize the practice sessions. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they will. And God, I hope the weather is dynamic. I hope we get, like, rain. You know, cool track, cloud coverage, sunny. I want a little bit of everything. Yeah. The other, it's it's <laughs> it's not super interesting, but something to note is I'm pretty sure for the entirety of this season, Ryan, the teams don't get to pick the tire allocations. Pirelli is mandating and deciding like everyone gets two super soft, three soft, and eight mediums. or Like they're determining the allocation. So you won't have any of this gamesmanship between teams you're saying that they don't even get the option like they I don't get to think bring the teams even get to yeah that's kind of shitty because that's a because then that's another variable that's an right? aspect of strategy yeah you take out a variable now everyone's gonna race even more the way they would i guess right because sometimes yeah. it's like well he has the extra set of soft still he could go to so he could well, pit again you're still, gonna take that out yeah but the, you could still you know have a little bit of that gamesmanship in q in q2 where you try and qualify on a harder tire yeah, I mean, we saw that. That was basically the majority of last season where the faster teams yeah. were just trying to qualify in mediums to, you know, differ from the group and run long. Mercedes just mocking everyone. Yeah, and we had the epic traffic jams in quality last year. Are we going to see that happening again this year? There Pro are no rules to stop probably. it, so we definitely will because qualifying is going to be even, even more important. It's almost three times as important 
with eight races versus 23 or whatever there would have been. Anything could happen. I, I expect those log jams again. Yeah, it's going to be good. I mean, there's <laughs> there's so much to see. So, yeah, you all need to set your alarms. First thing you need to do, pause this. Join the Fantasy League. And join the Fantasy League, exactly. Go follow all of our social media. Follow at Purple Sector Pod, but then come back, set your alarm for practice next Friday, wherever, whatever your time zone. Some of you guys might have to wake up even earlier out west or in other countries or even sleep in a little bit in other countries. So yeah, who knows? set your alarms and join us when we finally get back on track at the Austrian Grand Prix. If we end up doing like a Formula One barbecue or whatever for the Formula race. Formula Brunch. Formula Brunch. Yeah, that's what we're, we're going to have a little party over we here. May, we may Formula have to brunch. Instagram, it li- Instagram live it for the, fa- for the <laughs> listeners. Yeah. If you, are, if you guys are interested in something like that, hit us up. Let us know your, your thoughts. But yeah, Formula Brunch invitations will be sent out very shortly to those local. If anyone wants to fly in for Formula Brunch, you could let us know also. We're happy to send yeah, out an invite. We will gladly host you. Since it's going to be an early race. Ryan, what are the actual times then for qualies and race? Are you able to pull that up? Race or qualies will be 9 a.m. Eastern on Saturday, and then race start is 9, 10 a.m. Oh, on so Sunday. That's, Formula Brunch is going to start around 8, Ryan, because you get that pre-race coverage. Yeah. We won't have any grid walk or anything, though. But I'm sure they'll still do a bunch of pre-race stuff <laughs> on Sky put slash Martin, ESPN. Put Martin Brunel in a fucking hazmat suit and send him out there. Why don't they just do, you know, like... I think he's health compromised, by the way. Oh, I'm sure he is. He was a Formula One driver during well, the era where everybody was Yeah, but, but hasn't he wrecking. had, like, uh, at least one heart surgery? I'm not, I'm not positive on the he's, other elective surgeries I that he's had. He's a guy who has to be careful about corona. Well, virus. why don't they do, you know, when people will do talks or presentations at conferences and stuff and they have a robot that just has a monitor where the head would be and the person brought why don't you have martin brundle don't be ridiculous you know they're not going to even entertain that let's have a martin brundle robot do the grid walk right guy he could could drive down the grid and interview all the guys you know martin brundle's already a robot so (laughs) they could give him little mechanical finchers and he could give button jensen button the lucky nipple twist the robot could that's just creepy as hell. <laughs> that would be an amazing feature, throwing a nipple-twisting robot to do the uh, grid walk for Martin Brundle. If, if uh, any of our listeners aren't familiar with what Helmut is referencing, one, one year on the grid walk, Martin Brundle twisted Jensen Button's nipples live on air. Yeah, it was when Button was still racing, and now that yeah. it's their bit. Like, since Button has become a pundit now at some of the races, Martin will still give him the nipple tweak. Did, he, he called it a tweak, right? I Not think it a was twist. The nipple tweak. Lucky nipple tweak. <laughs> yeah. We have that audio somewhere. Yeah, we need to find it. I don't know if I have it on the board right here, but the lu- lucky nipple tweak, baby. I'm tweaking my nipples right now, getting ready for uh Let's, let's for move the on race. to the news. All right, news time. Gotta get you off the nipple talk. Yeah, Jesus. Ryan ripped, ripped, <laughs> he ripped the bandaid off that one. That hurts. Your headline, right guy, our guy Gunther Steiner has been chirping. The headline is that Haas sale rumors are just plain mischief. So as we mentioned, McLaren, I believe, is close to or has sold a stake in their racing outfit because they want to push up against that new reduced budget cap. So they they're going for they're trying it. Trying to maximize it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're just trying to maximize the coffers, Sur- fill the coffers. Surprising to go for a team it. like that has to even do that. I thought they were bigger than. Yeah, I would that. have thought that they're already near or capable easily of spending the full reduced cost cap. Yep. 
Uh, we talked already about Williams. Uh, not even rumors. They just went out there and have been seeking investors or buyers. <laughs> hasn't been a lot of chatter, has there? Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> right. Fucking Williams. And I guess the media obviously is always speculating about Haas. Gene Haas himself is always out there kind of waffling on whether or not he wants to continue. Mm-hmm. And so Gunther had to chime in because he's always happy to talk about anything. He says, quote, we were said to have been sold to Saudi Arabia a year ago. We were already sold and the deal was done, apparently, but nobody had ever even spoken with Saudi Arabia from Haas. <laughs> I see this a little bit of trying to make a storm in a teacup for no good reason. <laughs> That's such a, a wimpy phrase, a storm in a teacup. Yeah, it's I've so ne- British. I've never heard that. Again, Gunther Steiner with some like British saying, and then he has the most medley accent from everywhere else in Europe and then lives yeah. in North Carolina. Yeah. He's so, such a hodgepodge. It's great. He's the Is he the future of the world? Like the complete melting pot? I hope not. No one will be able to understand anyone if he's the future. <laughs> it's true. So I, there's something... St- I don't understand the relationship between Gene and Gunther because it's so odd to me that Gunther gets to even make statements like this. It's not his team. And he... Who, who's to say that he's permanent in his, in his position? Like, Gunther, you know, but but he speaks for Gene. And who's to say that Gene is involving him? Gene is the sole owner, right? He's the only owner, yes, investor, everything. My point Why is, would he necessarily talk to Gunther? Like, hey, Gunther, I've been discussing selling the team with Saudi Arabia. He wouldn't necessarily tell Gunther even. But just think about it this way. Like, if there were rumors that Ferrari was going to sell their Formula One team, this would be like Matteo Bonotto commenting on it, like, as if it's him... It's his job to sell the team or not. That's how good. Like he, Gunther must have permission from Gene Haas yeah. to take the flack for these types of questions from the press or to shoot down this stuff. But it's just weird. But I would imagine that they wouldn't air it out anyway. Gene, if Gene had, Gene is always talking agree, with but people. Right? I'm just amazed at the extent of the comments that Gunther's allowed to make. Gene Haas on on first name basis with Gene. Apparently, I just keep throwing Gene out there. <laughs> Everyone thinks I'm a big Levi's guy. I'm yeah. a Haas guy. Do you Those know what are I mean, my favorite Isn't their relationship weird? Yes. Gene must really like Gunther or trust him a lot. I think, yeah, Gene must just basically hand the keys over to Gunther and kind of just say, get this shit rolling, and I yeah. don't want to have to deal with any of it. Because he only shows up to a couple of races Two, three a races, year. yeah. 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 Well, I mean, he does own a NASCAR team as well and some other stuff, so. Yeah, and he's much more successful on that side, so. Yeah, plus a massive machining company. Yeah. So Gunther went on, Ryan, to talk about the budget cap. He says, quote, the budget cap, I think it's a good thing for the sport in general. Now the difference will not be $150 million to the big teams, but maybe $20 million, which is a very good step. I'm not sold on the budget cap yet because we haven't seen anything yet. But Yeah, and Steiner finishes, at the moment, Gene's intention, Gene Haas's intention is to stay within the sport. So he's basically saying he likes the idea of the budget cap, and he thinks that it will prompt gene staying in formula one i think gene wants to be in formula one obviously he doesn't want to be in it if it's he wants to be competitive though because all these other series he's in you could be much more competitive on any given day right formula one he has no prayer of getting a podium well who who really knows what he thinks you know because they started out hot like he was getting so much value on his dollar in the beginning mm-hmm. you know haas was nicking points left and right in their first season they did well in the second, but it's been downhill ever since. Yeah, the last couple of years it's been... So his return on investment has been poo-poo, in my opinion, lately. So, so who really knows where where he is mentally on what he wants to do with the team? Keep doing it. 
you know, scrap it, whatever. Who knows? It's it's good advertising for Haas machining, but <laughs> they're towards the back of the grid, like every race. Yeah, it's basically global advertising for Haas machining. But does he need that? It's it's so strange. To I me. mean, I'm sure he's crunching the numbers on if he's getting value add from it. But I want Haas to stay because they're one of our only yeah, shots but, at getting an American back in the Formula One seat. Yeah, but I mean, it has to be said, like for as exciting as it was. You know, the prospect of Haas becoming, you know, an American team for the first time in forever. It hasn't been that exciting as an American watching them, like, you know? Well, it was when they were competing in the midfield and, you know, you had Grosjean Magnussen. You'd get, like, one flash a season where they'd finish, like, I know, fifth I'm, I'm or something. I'm just saying, like, I guess aesthetically is what I'm going at, is them representing America as a team has been pretty lackluster. Like from a media perspective and all, well, I would say just because they're a boring team is what I'm getting at. Okay, they're fucking boring. Well, not last year with Rich Energy, that was the height of entertainment. True, but that was just weird. <laughs> the height of entertainment, baby. It, it was. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Raga, let's talk Magello. We've been speculating, speculating about this. Is the shit, and I hope they announce that they're racing there soon. Your headline, Raga, spectacular Magello. Deserves to host a Grand Prix, says Sebastian Vettel after Ferrari test run. So Seb Vettel, Ryan, was back on track for the first time since winter testing uh, this week when he got behind the wheel in a private test at the Mugello circuit. And the four-time world champion enjoyed the run so much, he reckons the Italian track deserves a spot on the 2020 Formula One calendar or beyond at some point getting back on the calendar. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ryan, this was the first time Vettel had driven at Mugello track, at the Mugello track since 2012. So long time, eight years. He says, quote, it was great to once again get those feelings from a car and to do so at such a spectacular track. I really think Magella deserves to host an F1 Grand Prix. I hope this happens because that's the, the theory, Ryan. If you get Imola on there, you already have Monza. I'm not a fan of Imola. Get Imola, get Magella. You got this Italian triple header. And you think about it. You could have Mercedes, Mercedes spank ferrari three times <laughs> on that, italian soil is that, why, is that why you like the prospect of <laughs> I, three italian races oh i just like the idea of because you would have if they allow any fans doubtful but the tifosi will love it and then mercedes most likely will spank them on their home turf well there's a bit of bias here first of all because ferrari owns Magello. okay oh of course no wonder pimp it. no wonder fucking vettel is you know preaching that they need to get Magello on the calendar that just means more money for ferrari yeah, apparently it's also insanely fast and physically it demanding. Is. It is. Because I heard Jensen Button, I think, recently in an interview was talking about it. He was like, oh, they might get more than they bargained for if the drivers end up in the jello. Because they could talk about it spectacular, this and that. He's like, they're going to be grinding. They're going to be sore. It's very physical. It's a very fast track. And the yeah. braking zone at the end of that straight is brutal. Yeah. I would like to see it. I want that Italian triple header just for the prospect, as I mentioned, of Mercedes spanking Ferrari three times in Italy. <laughs> you, you might get it at this rate. <laughs> it would be fun, man. Any more, any extra races, Ryan, we can get on top of the eight. Obviously, just an eight pack of the season would make for a crazy mad dash, but any extras, I'm, I'm not going to complain about sm smashing more Formula One races into the 2020 season. If the rumors are to be believed, they're going to add Magella and the and Algarve in Portugal. Especially adding new circuits or circuits that haven't been raced for a while because I would imagine, Ryan, if, they're, if they make for good racing, 
Liberty Media is probably going to be like, you know what? Circuit Paul Villeneuve or whatever. Paul Ricard? Yeah, Circuit Paul Ricard. Sorry, not Gilles Villeneuve. Paul Villeneuve. <laughs> Circuit Paul Ricard. My head's swimming over here. Um, Circuit Paul Ricard, keep your money. You're off the calendar, you know? Yeah. No, Barcelona, I, you're gone. Sochi, you're gone. Um, uh, Barcelona can't. There's got to be a better racetrack that they can get, get up to FIA grade one. Wouldn't in you be Spain. embarrassed as a promoter or as Spain if they're the ones, the Federation, Motorsport Federation in Spain, that that's the the track? Like you said, I just don't you can't think find something else. Spain doesn't necessarily even need to ha- to host a Formula One race. They're they're a MotoGP country. The only thing, Rye guy, that's going to be Tafosi in the future any Spanish race because now you got Carlos Sainz the mad Sainz tist who's <laughs> going to be in the the red starting uh, next year yeah well they'll figure something out yeah so I already stung this I don't need to I'll sting it again just because because it was so long since uh, I hit it your headline right guys some Lewis Hamilton news Hamilton avoiding esports but busy racing himself so the rainy world champion has been competing with some of his regular rivals. Basically, he's just been playing first-person shooters, so that's how he's been gaming. Uh, apparently, he's been playing Call of Duty with Pierre Gasly and Charles Leclerc. That's really funny. Um, but been avoiding esports. Apparently, he hates simulators, Ryan. He says, quote, I never drive simulators. Very, very rarely. Isn't Hamilton like 13 years older than Charles Leclerc? Yeah, <laughs> that'd like, be like me. Hey, that'd be like me playing video games with my 13 year younger brother. Yeah, well, isn't that what you do? <laughs> don't you no, already play I, with their youngest brother? I don't. Oh, I don't God. play with him. I didn't know you were such an ageist. When I it came play, to but I, he's in a different game. So, oh, okay, like Call of Duty. <laughs> oh, you're a more sophisticated gamer. I play a little Forza, a little Halo, Rainbow Six Siege. Rainbow Six Siege is amazing. Anyways, yeah. I digress. So as we mentioned, he, he was quoted saying, I never drive simulators very, very rarely. He says, quote, you have to kind of override your mind, and I don't really like doing that and going through that process. Then you get in the real thing and drive, and it's completely different. I don't find it personally any benefit to doing the simulation thing. So he's yeah, a real-life guy. I knew that Hamilton doesn't spend a lot of time in the simulators, but I guess I didn't realize how little time. Yeah. Like he, he hates. Oh, that's simulators. probably why Esteban Ocon got so much run as the <laughs> reserve driver. Yeah, true. But I mean, it's the proofs in the pudding. The guy's going to end up being the greatest F1 driver of all time. And he, and he doesn't like simulators Based on titles. Isn't yeah, there something wins. there? Oh I yeah. Feel like there's something there. Yeah. I, I don't think that that is what necessarily makes him you know as good <laughs> as he is. I think, <laughs> Hang on. You know who hits the simulator all the time? Roman Grosjean. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he hits everything. He hits so, the simulator. He hits things on track. He's, but do you he know just what likes I'm, to yes. hit everything. But do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think there's something there. Oh, Ryan, he loves the game. He started his own uh, e-sports racing team. <laughs> there's just no replacement for real seed time. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, just that sensation to speed, the true Gs, you know, true G. I mean, Hamilton's obviously gifted, but... yeah. He also, Ryan, it's so fun. he's always saying a million different things, every side of the mouth. He goes on to say, uh, this is another article, the headline, Hamilton admit, admits he's considered taking a break from F1. I think this is he, he just hogwash. Got, he's got a four-month break. Yeah, you just got your break, pal. Everyone got their break. He says, quote, there have been times probably in the past five years or so that I thought to myself, it will be good for my body and my mind to take a rest for a year, but you can't step away. I don't think for an athlete that's in their prime – that it's ever a good thing to step away for a year and then come back. 
This is funny, though, right? He's said for the past five years, he's considered that. What, when he's been racking up every title over the last five years? That doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I think it's like a combination of things because he doesn't, uh, you know, Hamilton catches a lot of flack because he doesn't do like a lot of the off the track stuff. He gets to do his own thing, like fashion shows and all that. And, you know, and people say like, oh, it's going to be a distraction. Meanwhile, he just wins title after title. And all those people that say whatever he does off the track is a distraction are idiots. But that's like his mini vacation throughout the season, you know? Yeah, he definitely... I he, could see... He's like always last to arrive to the Japanese Grand Prix weekend because he's doing like fashion shows in Milan every year, you know? Yeah, I mean, I could see where, you know, the focus and the dedication it takes during the season to win the title or compete for it <laughs> has to be super taxing. All I know is whatever it is, Hamilton has the winning formula. <laughs> Yeah. Because he just keeps winning title after title. Yeah. So why step away? Just keep stacking the trophies, man. I, I, unless he's so sick of winning, which I could see that happening. Like, he's so dominant. So, Ryan, hopefully this is what he's been focusing on during this force break. Uh, because here's what he says he would do with that extra time. He says, quote, having this time gives you more time to focus on areas of weakness. So there's tedious things like calf muscles and doing calf exercises, which is not exciting glued exercises which again are quite boring but all really important so he's going to come back with massive glutes and big massive old butt calves. and massive calves if he's uh, ass and calves. focusing on his weaknesses yeah ass and calves baby yep that's what we're gonna have our eyes on when hamilton returns check <laughs> out that booty some kyle larson news rye guy uh i thought this was interesting just because we had, obviously, the fallout for multiple drivers who lost their gigs with esports shenanigans, right? Yeah, but, yeah. And then now we have all the stuff going on with Bubba Wallace and the hashtag fake news. Not fake news, fake news. I just feel, let's just talk about that for just a second. I feel yeah. bad for Bubba Wallace because he's not the one who allegedly found it or reported it. Someone. Right. Oh, really? This was some other tattletale who someone, said, hey, I found a noose in your garage. Yeah, someone it on must his, be pointed at you. Someone on his team did, and now he's get, he's catching all the flack. He's so he's the scapegoat if it was real or if it's fake or whatever, you know? Right. It wasn't fake. It was just an existing pull cord. Yeah, it was just a cord someone had had there that there were pictures of it like last year in that garage. Yeah, I think there's more egg on NASCAR's face because they did this whole charade of like, let's. Oh, the FBI came in. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's just it's a weird time to be alive. Yeah, it's crazy, but I'm glad it wasn't real. Let's just put it that way. I'm glad yeah, exactly someone didn't actually sneak into his garage and hang a noose. That would have been awful. All right. Yeah. So we can wipe our brow and move on to other news like headline. I'm still a big Kyle Larson had a win in the World of Outlaws racing series, right, guy? So, <laughs> Kyle, <laughs> time is so crazy. The time space continuum and news cycle is so crazy right now that I had completely forgotten that Kyle Larson, not uh, merely months ago, lost his drive because he dropped an end bomb on a live stream. Yeah. So, World of Outlaws is some other racing series that I guess had restarted around the time NASCAR did. And the fact that Kyle Larson was booted out, he uh, jumped into World of Outlaws. He broke. That's do, do you see the irony there? Yeah. That he gets... Oh, I mean, if you're looking for an outlaw for the world yeah. of outlaws, you found it in Kyle Larson. <laughs> so Kyle Larson run ended up breaking the track qualifying record and finished second at I-55 Raceway in Peavely, Missouri. Uh, this was a few weeks ago. I had this article print out and was waiting to kind of find the time to work it into our show here. Uh, and then he... So he finished second 
the first race and set the broke the track qualifying record, and then he followed it up with a victory the next night or a couple nights later. So the win is his ninth career Outlaws victory. So I guess he had done this probably before he was in NASCAR or when he was in NASCAR as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> so Larson, he's 27. Uh, he actually was suspended from World of Outlaws competition, Ryan, I think when he had all the fallout for the slur. Uh, they temporarily suspended him, but then reinstated him once he completed sensitivity training. So, <laughs> so he was able to get back out there with all the other outlaws after completing some sensitivity training. training. So welcome back to the world of racing in a big way to Kyle Larson, huh? Yeah. Ryan, we could talk here about some mini sort of Austrian Grand Preview stuff because we'll get into it more next week when we do our proper Grand Preview for the Austrian Grand Prix to kick off the season. But your headline, Danny Ricardo expects driver egos will get in the way in Austria. Danny seems to be fixated on the return. Oh, he makes all, so many... All of his comments are... Yeah, it's all about what's going to happen in the first corner or the first race weekend, right? We don't even need to say much about this, but yeah. No, I just I just like Danny, some of his quotes. Danny, you're right. Something will happen yeah. at the first race. He said, Ryan, quote, the lights are going to go out and for sure we're all going to be showing everyone I train harder in my quarantine or I'm less rusty than you are. I'm sure some driver eagles will get in the way. I think it's going to be pretty exciting. He he just needs to focus. You yeah. Know? He's so obsessed with uh, how everyone's been doing. Yeah, so he went on to say during his uh, testing of the two-year-old Renault here before this race weekend coming up, he said everyone's got a mask on in the garage and the mechanic who straps you in, I told him not to get too close to me. But it's pretty intimate when they start strapping you in, your crotch straps and all that. (laughs) So, yeah, Ricardo must be packing, or maybe he's as tumescent as we are about Formula One returning so that that mechanic is having to really reach in there and crank those crotch straps in on him. I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait, man. You couldn't get a crotch strap on me right now, baby. I'm fired up. (laughs) This is some some of the news that I'm looking very... Very much forward to, Rye Guy. Big announcement headline, Formula One to roll out new real-time TV graphics in 2020 season. <laughs> so, Rye Guy, Amazon, they've been busy during the quarantine because that's been the only business, really, that people could use for a lot of the time, right? Mm-hmm. And we all know that Amazon Web Services had been partnered with Formula One for at least a couple years, I think, with some of those graphics. A lot of them, we've... Uh, joked about like the tire wear ones and yeah and i'm prepared to joke about these new ones too yeah so f1 is rolling out six new real-time graphics for the 2020 season i hear that number six and i already think it's too many new graphics. yeah i mean it's just going to be very busy so basically some of them are going to be in uh instituted throughout the season not all right away right yeah so what we're going to look be able to look forward to ryan for the austrian grand prix to start the season is car performance score graphics okay great so they're using four core metrics to create this car performance score low speed cornering high speed cornering straight line and car handling okay okay so however they want to put that into some car performance score it already sounds stupid yeah because what how different is it like if hamilton has a nine six and he's running away with the race and then you tell me the williams score is like eight eight 
It's not going to make any sense. Right? I want them to start failing some of these cars we'll, we'll and drivers. We'll see. All, all I know is once they start rolling it out in some of these races, I will begin to not care about it almost immediately. Here's another one, Ryan, that I'm sure will it'll do nothing but create debate and probably be extremely inaccurate. They're also going to be adding uh, at Silverstone when they go there, which will be the 70th anniversary Grand Prix, and they're doing a doubleheader in Silverstone, and it'll be at the second race there apparently. They're bringing in the ultimate driver speed comparison graphic, which will compare current drivers to drivers from the past with data running back to 1983. That's the only one I find interesting. I find it interesting, too, because it'll spark debate, but it's going to be well, very funny to see. It'll just be cool for like a high-speed corner. It'll, you know, they could do something like uh, show how many Gs Hamilton just pulled through the corner and then show like how many Gs Senna pulled through there in the famous MP4 you know, McLaren. Yeah, I, I'm very interested to see how they do those comparisons, right? If it's going to be like, well, look how much better this driver was, or are they going to be comparing the machinery, like showing here's how much better the machines are now than then. Probably a little bit of both. You know what I mean? That's what I'll be interested to see with Top the speed ultimate comparison. driver speed comparison. That's the only cool stat that's in that article. Ultimate driver speed comparison. Yeah, it's very wordy. <laughs> Uh, and then starting with the Belgian Grand Prix ride guy, they're going to have high speed and low speed corner performance graphics, which news. Yeah. I mean, they already have like that entry and exit graphic from before. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. I mean, I look at it. It doesn't really move the needle much for me. Basically, they're obsessed now with giving scores to drivers and cars and stuff, right? Because they're going to say, oh, he scored an 8-1 in the high speed corner there, but the other guy got an 8-4, you know? We'll see. It's, it might end up being way too busy. It's going to feel like a math test. It already sounds too busy. Yeah. Six new stats. We need six new stats on screen. So three additional graphics, Ragai, will come in the second half of the season, which, by the way, is four races in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> come out, right? Uh, one will be driver skills rating, which will be interesting, right? Again, I want them to fail drivers. I don't want the, the range to be like 8.3 to 9.6 or something. Yeah. I want to see guys failing. Uh, they're going to do a car slash team development graphic. I don't know what, if that's going to just be like, are the cars improving with new upgrades or something? We'll have to wait and see. And then an overall season performance graphic. And then a qualifying and race pace prediction graphic. Oh, I don't God. like their prediction graphics. Here's the they're window terrible. pit now. They're terrible. He will have a 40% chance of overtaking in three laps. You know, It's just, yeah, it's not... I don't think anyone really cares about that. Yeah. So the driver skills rating, I think, is going to be interesting, Rye Guy. This is going to aim to identify the best total driver by taking into account various performances like qualifying, start, race pace, tire management, and overtaking slash defending styles. So you can go for style points here, Rye Guy. Sounds like a video game. Yeah. I'm intrigued by these graphics, Ryan. It We've talked about graphics all the time. We love the graphics. We like to praise them we like to shit on them so this is going to be a whole new batch for our fresh hot takes here this year yeah we'll probably crap on all of them except for the old rivals one yeah i'm looking forward i'm looking forward to these scores because it's only going to give us more to talk about in this what will we expect will be an insane 2020 formula one season you'll be seeing those new graphics in eight days man coming so quick man so thank you all for joining Purple Sector. Make sure you subscribe to the show, spread the word, rate and review us to get the word out there for any peeping eyes that might be stumbling across our pod out there. It'll only help us. We appreciate it. At Purple Sector Pod on social media, we're doing all our countdowns. 
So make sure you get your peepers over there on our social media. Um, Rye Guy, anything you want to say to the people before we sign off here and get even closer to the Austrian Grand Prix? Start clearing your schedule for F1. Pretty simple. Exactly. And keep listening to Purple Sector. And again, hit us up. Come join us for the Formula Brunch Party we're going to be doing for the restart of the 2020 Formula One season in just over a week's time. It'll be even closer by the time you listen to this, right, guy? That's the fun thing. Yep. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us again. Join our fantasy. Follow at Purple Sector Pod and spread the word about the show. See you all on the track. 